0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match, limited by state law.
1: We've got our take cannons is loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. The boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is receptions, receptions, the show.
0: Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Cole, Matt Harmon, with you on this beautiful beautiful as we get you ready here for week number four and you're listening of course to reception perception
1: the show uh matt Harmon, how are you feeling my guy feeling pretty good man uh just charted a game of george pickens uh so actually Ooh, not feeling feeling really good um because i had to watch <laughs> mr bisky play quarterback um <laughs> you problem. know i actually i feel kind of <laughs> bad that i disrespected geno smith by saying that the um seahawks were running out an unserious quarterback situation in 2022 right. because I, look well i mean you can't really say that about the steelers because they did draft a, a quarterback in the first round like their promising young guy is a guy they picked in the first round not drew freaking lock which is like the seahawks <laughs> promising yeah. young guy quote unquote oh on the depth chart oh so <laughs> not, not not great but i mean geno smith if geno smith was on the steelers these receivers would be going berserk, man. Uh, Geno's played really well this year. I agree. Uh, he played really well. I mean, he I think he leads the NFL in completion percentage over expectation right now and by by a by a gap, too. Like he's 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 done he's done by the way what Russell Wilson would never do in Seattle, which is just execute the offense, take the layups and move it matriculate it down the field. Um Anyways, they bring isn't, this all isn't back. That what we,
0: that's, that's what we talked about in the last podcast, man. The fact uh-huh. that, again, we, we, it's like, listen, yeah. apologies to Gino, man. Like, play it up. You know, like he had that awesome line. It's like, yes. dude, you know what? Make us all eat it for sure. I love it.
1: Yeah, I feel bad for being so disrespectful to to Gino because I, I thought that the Steelers, you know, Mike Tomlin, hell of a coach. Mike Tomlin, yes. one of the best coaches in the NFL. I feel like he's being a little stubborn with this whole Mitch Trubisky thing. Like, it's... It's enough already with Mitch. The receivers hate him. His like, I'm not sure what what looks worse, James, the receivers' body language or Mitch's body language. Like, <laughs> they know he sucks, and he knows he sucks. Like by by just by looking at the but looking at him, man. So I mean, um, I, George Pickens, they're also just having him run wind sprints down the field, go routes and corner routes. So at least he's he's going to come out of this season looking real trim for all the run for all the cardio he's getting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's, he's getting his steps in you know 100%. yeah he's get, no. yeah
1: i hope he's got his uh fitbit on or his apple yeah. watch or whatever out there yeah. gotta get those steps in dude Gotta get...
0: <laughs> hey listen we got a great show lineup in front of us here today uh not going to be talking about in-depth uh george pickens we'll we will save that for a future podcast but uh we are going to talk about another great rookie in chris olave uh potentially talk here about romeo dobbs as well i feel like we're mm. talking about a lot of rookies that's cool another young player that we're going to knock out here how about josh palmer how's he doing Uh, For the L.A. Chargers. And then finally, speaking of, this is all young players apparently because we're going to be talking about Darnell Mooney as well. Is there any hope for Darnell Mooney moving forward? But can we start with the good? Uh, let's talk about there in New Orleans, Chris Olave exploded onto the scene there. Um, and we saw glimpses of this, right? And we were talking about this even last week. Hey, listen, when you're seeing that many air yards, you don't have to connect on that many of them to be highly productive. But Chris Olave is a, in my opinion, a a, a great uh, downfield threat. And Jameis is the kind of player that will try to test uh, the deep boundaries. And, and, you know, I tell you what, Chris Olave looked pretty good.
1: I think Chris Olave looks awesome. Um, I think he looks just like the player that um, that we thought he would be coming into the NFL, right? Like he was number one in success rate versus man and press coverage among the prospects charted last year was a pro level route runner. And he was also um, the best downfield receiver among the guys uh, taken last year. Obviously, Jamison Williams, who we haven't seen yet, could certainly compete in that category as well, because he's just got unbelievable play speed but yeah man olavi looks great and th- this is hilarious uh about his his route chart through the first three weeks over 54 mm-hmm. of his routes have either been a nine post or corner or an out route so like all wow <laughs> that, that talk about getting your steps in uh talking about <laughs> g- talking about getting your cardio in but also <laughs> actually you know having some production to go along with it i mean. There are, I think I've said this on a few episodes, there is certainly a lot of prayer yards in those air yards for Chris Olave coming from Jameis Winston, but he is still connecting on them. And I, I think Olave just looks great. Right now, 71.4% success rate versus man through the first three weeks, 848 success rate versus zone, and an 80% success rate versus press. Those are
0: wow. awesome,
1: awesome numbers. And you know, one of the criticisms of Chris Olave was uh, that he you know, doesn't really deal with physical play. Well, I never personally saw that as a concern. I think the success rate versus press would show you that he can deal with physical coverage, um, certainly. So I think he looks like a number one receiver, and especially based on the way Michael Thomas has looked through the first three weeks, and he's also again dealing with injuries. Like, I know. I don't think he looks. I don't I don't think he looks good Michael Thomas as a separator certainly like not even close to um his old standard so I think Chris Olave is the best receiver on this roster right now both from a real life and a fantasy standpoint rest of the season
0: yeah you talk about Jarvis Landry too we talked about this uh, in a, a much earlier podcast about how the Saints have um, when everyone is healthy one of the best trios of wide receivers in the nfl again when everyone is healthy michael thomas as you mentioned dealing with injury jarvis landry now dealing with injury too
1: yeah i mean those are the old guys right uh it's awesome that thomas has made this comeback but he's just come back to be like a um clearly diminished version of himself like a very very much a lesser version than what he was when we saw him at the height of his powers. so um i'll say this about thomas he's still um he still w- wins in tight coverage. Like He's still got really good, strong hands in in, in close, contested situations. But he's in a lot more contested situations than, than he previously has been. Uh, he, his data is also, along with Chris Olave, up on um, the in-season tracker on receptionperception.com. So make sure you subscribe and check that out. And it's just tough to square when you look at where Olave is right now mm-hmm. and where you look at Michael Thomas is right now. It's hard to say like that Thomas is – it just is clear that Chris Olave is better. Um, and I think that obviously when Jameis is in there, Olave's like downfield route running his downfield style. That's yeah. going to suit him. Um, but, you know, Jameis Winston's also hurt. And, you know, I, I like to say, James, it ain't nobody used to have a bad back. Like once you have a bad back, you have a bad back. And <laughs> right. Jameis is dealing with a back injury. And so we might see Andy Dalton at some point, which I know Andy gross. Dalton like kind of got. Yeah, I know. I know it's gross, but like he kind of got turned into a meme. Um, thanks to the Bears because they did that whole like QB one nonsense Twitter thing a couple of years ago with him. Right. But Andy Dalton's like you know, he's, whatever. Like it could it could be worse. Basically dropping. I don't even think Jameis has been that good this year. I think Jameis has been like probably good for fantasy and like production in the the Prairie yards and yeah. stuff like that. But um, n- not 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 like Jameis is running an efficient offense there in New Orleans either.
0: Well, I think we saw a lot of hope right uh, week one. Now that being said, it was against Atlanta. Okay, I yeah. get it. Week two, I think we were able to say, okay, it's Tampa Bay. Um, These guys are going to wreck a lot of quarterbacks, as we saw, Um, clearly. But, you know, and then in week three, when they take on Carolina, oh, my gosh, man, the Carolina defense was coming after Jameis. Um, I think they knew about I mean, obviously, they know about the back. They came after Jameis, I think, quite a bit. Uh, and really forced him into uncomfortable situations. That being said, Jameis was Jameis. He doesn't want to check down. He doesn't look underneath. Still continues to look deep over the top, uh, even in, in in negative situations. Um, and that has always been a problem with Jameis Winston. So, yeah, you're right. Um, I think some of his bad habits are still yeah. very much on display. We thought maybe Sean Payton had coached a lot of that out of him last year. Mm,
1: maybe not the case. Yeah, I think they had just put... Um They'd put Jameis in such a a tight box, you know, like they weren't letting him really, they weren't gonna let him go out there and shoot himself in the foot, basically, with with Jameis Winston, you know, and everything like that. But you know, right now at this point, the Saints, um, they rank 27th in dropback EPA right now. Like they're they've just not been a good passing offense, even with Olave popping off here. So that's what I'm saying. That like, even if we lose Jameis at some point um yeah. he succumbs to the back injury you know the offensive line has not really played very well either so far yeah. which is why they can't really run the ball why they are allowing a lot of pressure i just think that like even if andy dalton gets in there like chris Olave will be okay i just want to be betting on like we're going to talk about a lot of rookies i feel like we talked about a lot of rookies on the podcast like yeah. so far this year because these guys are awesome and like i think when you can bet on young talent that's showing itself to be incredible like, don't try to second guess it too much. Like don't, some guys are going to come on a slow burn. You know, we talked about Traylon Burks on the last podcast. Like our yeah. guy, Sky Moore is certainly coming on a slow burn there in Kansas city. I'm not like going to write those players off forever, but when guys like Garrett Wilson go out and ball the F out, you know, like, mm-hmm. believe it, The believe it when you see it. Right. So I think that Chris <laughs> Olave is showing us that. So I want to keep like buying in on that talent and everything. Um, It just saints are saints are just a weird team. Cause I think, they they've really kind of lo- I think they've kind of lost this bet where um they've you know gone all in and like kicked the can down the road for so many years that right. um they're really hinging like if they're going to be a good team they're going to have to hinge on Jameis Winston being like the best version of himself and so far like what's the any what's Mixed, the, bag, also, like, mixed bag Mixed bag and also like uh. Saints what what is the best version of Jameis Winston like, where, <laughs> the best version of Jameis Winston is is what James like. Maybe the seventeenth best quarterback in the NFL. So I thought. I mean, it was kind of strange that it was just like a Jameis or bust operation. But I guess yeah. maybe that's not, and that's why they have Andy Doll. It's just like when you really look at it, you're like, what? Like that was that was your plan this year? Was Winston and right? Yeah, I don't know, but whatever. We're getting away from the point, which is just that like Chris Olave is really good at football and um. Yeah, he's going to be good. Let me ask you a follow-up
0: question about Chris Olave. So the vast majority of his um, routes right now are deep downfield, right? So yeah. um, it, it does bring up a question of, okay, does he need to now expand that route tree? Does he, is he, in your tracking, is he able to run you know, a curl or a slant? Um, things that you know, are short in nature, intermediate in nature. Because when we start talking about, okay, can this guy make the leap? We're talking about the leap into... You know, top fifteen, top twelve, mm-hmm. top ten wide receivers. You got to be able to run the entire run tree.
1: Yeah, like I don't think he's Will Fuller, right? Where he's just running early. Like he's certainly not a guy that like Will Fuller is like the best version of that player, right? That that really mm-hmm. is a deep, deep specialist. And then you like go down the rankings and you get into like the MVS tour territory, and he's like certainly not in the MVS territory when that's like literally all MVS does well is right. run. uh corners and deep routes um i know i think that chris olave like the second the, f- the funny part is like we talk about all those deep patterns his yeah. his second most common route from just a standalone percentage it's the nine route and then it's the, the the curl route so he has run a lot of curl routes too um you know some of those are not the like sh- shallow hitches you know little just some of them are pretty deep down the field curl route still again, okay. but um, I do think he is a full field route runner. Like just when you look at the overall um, success rate on a route by route basis, I think the more they put on his plate, the more that he can handle. And um, honestly, like when you see guys like George Pickens, for example, who we were just talking about at the, at the top, he's got a very downfield route tree and it's kind of his success rate versus manning. Pre- zone coverage scores are lower probably than in a couple of games. I'm not full, through the full sample so just using this as an example because he's running those downfield routes like his success rate is lower. The fact that Olave's running all those downfield routes and he's 70 plus percent against man coverage. He's 83 percent against zone like that's, that's really insane. really really impressive. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's insanely good. Um, Obviously, Olave's got some speed uh, to burn, no doubt about it. I I want to go back to what you just said about Michael Thomas. It's interesting to me, right? Well, first of all, look, you you lose one of your all pro left tackles in free agency. So, you know, protection is going to be a little bit, it's going to be a little dicey, you know, uh, as they try to figure out what's going on there for the O-line. But I know it's funny that previous seasons, Michael Thomas did not deserve the moniker of slant boy, but would he serve himself well by being an underneath specialist now at this point in his career, as he continues to ramp back up from injury?
1: Probably only 22.3% of his routes have been a slant or a flat so far this year. Um, And it's, I think it's like 15% slants out of, out of that 22%. So is that strange to you? It's, it's very different from usual. I mean, he's usually up at like, at one season, I think he, (laughs) one season, I think he was like 36% slants. I I would have to look back (laughs) at like the historical database. OK, <laughs> which is, but but like in some of his big, big years, I think that was like 2017 or, or something like that. But like his 2018-2019 season, which were some of um his best in reception perception, he was around like 28, 30 percent slant routes, which is not totally uncommon. Like guys like Julio Jones have been in that territory before guys like um AJ Green or DeAndre Hopkins have been in that territory before. Um, But still, like, yeah, again, that's a far cry from now. He's at like 15, 16 percent slants. That's a that's. more than 10% drop off from some of those peak years. So I think, I I think it's probably because you want him working more downfield because James is a more downfield oriented player, but I think they could kind of cut him back closer to the line of scrimmage. And I will say he's going to make plays down the field because he's still pretty good in contested situations. He's had nine contested targets through three games. He's won eight of them so far in my tracking. So yeah, he's he's still really, really good in that area. So I get, they're probably still getting downfield looks because of that, but I agree with your overall point that he still has really good hands. He's still good on those slant routes, stuff like that. That's probably the, the best use for him. He's just, I, I can't stress this enough that his overall success rates versus man press and zone are so, so far below um Not just, like I said, those peak, peak seasons, but even like what we saw in 2020.
0: You know, it's interesting when I look back at uh, his alignment data from, you know, this year versus, you know, what we had, what he had in 20. I I looked at 2019, I think is probably a more fair sample of of usage Um, and his his route or his alignment data. It's interesting. They've increased the amount of outside snaps that he takes. And I get it. Jarvis Landry is now in the building. Okay, fine. But. Um, You know, Michael Thomas in 2019 played about 75% of his snaps lined up outside, 25% lined up inside. Now that's gone up to 85% outside and about Mm. 15% inside. To me, I think that's a strange usage. Um, If you've got a clear downfield guy who, as you mentioned, is winning. I'm assuming the coaching staff knows this dude Chris Olave is winning downfield. Do <laughs> we really need Michael Thomas running all of these outside routes as well? I guess I, I just
1: I have some kind of like you know schematic questions there for the Saints I think the the response to that would probably be also by the way like Traquan Smith that played a little bit in week three and he's hurt too so just to add on to that just remember that like it's another injury that they got going on there in the wide receiver room but right I, I think the Saints would probably say that because of Olave's like size and speed profile you probably and they have been primarily using him at flanker that's probably the position they want him to play and Michael Thomas has historically you know, when he came into the NFL, he was kind of pegged as like the next Marcus Colston, like a big slot receiver for the Saints. But he never really played that position because as soon as they traded Brandon Cooks, like they threw Michael, even the, the year that him and Cooks had together in New Orleans, Michael Thomas was always the X receiver. Like he was never the um, big slot guy. He always played that X receiver position because he's so good at beating press coverage and so good at getting off the line of scrimmage. Um, I think you could maybe ask that, James, that at this point, as you like maybe have him be more of a larry fitzgerald type i always go back to fitz as the guy who extended right. his career moving into that big slot receiver position um you know maybe this offensive coaching staff can ask themselves that question as michael thomas ages because i do think he is still like really good hands and stuff like that um yeah that you probably want him in those like layup target situations the problem is just like you then you're not gonna play jarvis landry at x because those would just be wasted no. routes and and i think you you probably do still want to play Maybe they could play Chris Olave at, at X receiver, but I think he's probably best suited as a flanker, even if he is so great against press coverage. So I don't know. That's a, that is an interesting question. I think that it would probably be better, like, if, if we get a headline that, oh, Michael Thomas is going to play more slot receiver, yeah. um, that would probably be good for him. But it might also take, like, it might take him an off season to kind of get that down, you know? So I, I don't know. I just We're still a little bit in the wilderness with Michael Thomas, I think.
0: Yeah, look, I'm just kind of spitballing here, but I, I don't know. To me, it seems like, okay, why don't we slide a lot into the X? Why don't we have Jarvis play a little flanker? Because he played a lot of flanker in Cleveland, too. Um, and then and then again, just oh, yeah. have Michael Thomas get just keep the chains moving. Like, listen, for I, I know he hates the moniker, but golly, he is so good on those <laughs> yeah, slant know, routes. I know, I know, He's yeah. so good. Like, no. and you just run those slant routes from the from the slot. Who's really going to, I mean, who is going to be able to stop that? You keep the chains moving, you keep the offense moving, and you give yourself positive down and distance so that Jameis doesn't shoot himself in the foot. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Um, I'm just spitballing here. Look, these guys in the NFL, obviously, they know a hell of a lot more than I do. I'm just spitballing here. You know, just 30,000 feet in the sky. Looking down at the Saints offense, especially what they did against Carolina, they didn't look good. Um, As you mentioned, a lot of prayer balls deep down. That's not a functional offense, you know, Um, Um, and it showed and it showed itself there in week three.
1: Yeah, it it definitely does. Uh, It shows itself. And I mean, I think the, the big takeaway here, though, is the Saints need to do whatever's best for um, Chris Olave long-term, not as much like what's best for Michael Thomas long-term because, you know, we can't forget too, they invested a ton to move up in the draft to get Chris Olave, right? Right. Like they've nailed this player evaluation and he is, I think, going to be like, there's a chance he's just the best offensive player on the Saints period. If like Alvin Kamara doesn't turn things around, like Kamara looks like he's lost a step through the first three weeks of the season. So, um, which again, also, by the way, not great that like the Saints have bet that, We'll get the best version of Michael Thomas when he comes back, we'll get the best version of Alvin Kamara when he comes back. And like, it looks like they've <laughs> swung and missed on both of those. So then it's Whoops. just Chris Olave and Chris, Chris Olave in the prayer prayer circle there with the prayer oh yards boy. and stuff like that. Oh so, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see, man. I, I just the, the main take here is Chris Olave it looks like he's balling. He should be yeah. the best. He's the best player on the offense right now. Um, and you know, now we just have to see like how many good weeks he can continue to stack here. Um, where they're yeah. gonna play the Vikings on in London. Uh, so it. pretty cool if you have him on your fantasy team, you're going to get those points nice and early. You'll probably, if you're a West Coaster, uh, you're sleeping <laughs> off your hangover, you're you're going to get that breakfast burrito. You already have those points in your lineup, man. But um, last go. last point too, just to talking about that Saints game. Yeah, the Panthers defense is so weird to me. I, I actually kind of th- I like some of the stuff that Phil Snow does, mm-hmm. um, and, but they like never press it they never press anybody despite the fact that they drafted like a press man corner and JC horn really, really high in the draft last year. And JC yeah. Horn's a good player, but yeah, he's playing um, well, he plays well, but it just, it's, it, it's an interesting kind of fit. They get the Cardinals, the 49ers, the, the Rams, and then hopefully like a healthy bucks team in week seven. Um, they just play so much soft zone coverage and back it up. Like that could be a Jameis thing. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, just, back it like back it up a little Jameis. will he'll make some mistakes he'll throw it to for us sure. but, but um i don't know like you know this greg Dortch guy if he if rondo moore's still not out there he could catch like 10 um totally 10 passes for you. 76 yards against Dude, this team. i
0: i to- oh my gosh i totally agree it's so funny i have greg Dortch in pen as my favorite deep sleeper of the week man like yeah. I think that Carolina gives up. Well, they do uh, statistically and just visually. They give up a ton of production underneath to slot receivers, and right, we're going we're going into the weeds here.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. perception the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon.
0: Okay, uh, I want to focus in on another rookie And Romeo Dobbs, had a ton of preseason hype. Oh my gosh, man, the hype on Romeo Dobbs was insane. Uh darted up the draft boards, and it's been a little bit the first two weeks of the season it was a little bit slow. We didn't know what we had with Romeo Dobbs, wasn't hugely productive. And week three against Tampa Bay, against a couple of great corners, outside corners, man. These guys got it locked down in Tampa Bay, really. And I tell you what, man, Aaron Rodgers was on one, man. He was absolutely on one to open the game. And Romeo Dobbs was the main beneficiary in that opening drive against Tampa Bay, Romeo Dobbs. Three, uh, three targets, three receptions, thirty-five yards, and a touchdown, and he looked
1: awesome. Yeah, um, I was really impressed with Romeo Dobbs uh, in that game, and honestly, in his first two games. So I've I've charted his his first three games for reception perception. You know, there was a good bit of drumbeat in our Discord for me to get the you know collegiate sample of uh, Romeo Dobbs up uh, b- ab- during all this training camp hype. Um, I looked at a few games, never actually published anything on the site about it or whatever, yeah. um, just because I was like. I think his first, like, few NFL games will be more important, like, to take a look at than his, you know, freaking Nevada film in the damn Mountain <laughs> West or whatever, you know? There you go, um, perfect. Yes. Now that he's, like, Agreed. drafted. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah, anyways, yeah. but pretty good player, man. And they're kind of lining him up on the outside a lot. 82.6% of his snaps outside. He's mm-hmm. been on the line, line of scrimmage for a very nice 69% of his snaps so very far. Nice. Um, definitely a better zone beater than a man beater. Interesting. However... Okay. Um, that's pretty good though. I mean, 83, 83.3% success rate for zone, even if he's going to be an outside receiver, that's, that's pretty nice. You know, he's going to face a lot of zone coverage on that team but at the same time too. Like his 75% ish success rate versus man is not horrible. It's not great, but it's not, it's not horrible. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, honestly, <laughs> compared to like Alan Lazard and, um, you know, Randall Cobb, he's probably the best separator on the team right now. Um, scary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not great. And you know, Christian Watson's RP profile coming to the NFL was, he was very, very limited as a route runner. They've kind of only used him as like a go route guy. And, um, honestly, he's more like he's (laughs) MVS. Yeah. And like they use him as more like eye candy than, um, Uh MVS is, you know, like they move him around pre-snap. He famously got, you know, the ball snapped at him in that bears game, which I'm sure Aaron right. Rodgers loved about that. Uh, that, that had to be pretty cool, but you know, I think Romeo Dobbs just looks like a guy like that's in the right place at the right time on these routes. Um, and, and that I think is going to be really important in this offense, pretty good success rate on slants curls and dig routes, which that's one thing too, when you look at the Packers, Aaron Rodgers' like average depth of target his yards per attempt is so low it's like in the bottom five uh, among quarterbacks so far, and I right. think that's probably how this offense is gonna gonna have to work without Devontae Adams. Like they're gonna get the ball out quick, they're gonna run some like rhythm rhythm routes, and so far Romeo Dobbs looks pretty good on on those rhythm routes, and I think he's like I would be surprised if he's. I mean, I don't know about. Do you feel like he could be better than Alan Lazard? I just like Lazard is so limited like he wins with size and he's got good hands and he's a good blocker but like he's not a separator he doesn't beat man coverage he doesn't beat zone coverage he's just not like really that type of receiver and I think if Dobbs could keep progressing like I think he could easily be the most productive receiver on this team
0: yeah I would agree with that I think what I like about Lazard first of all if Dobbs comes through and becomes a reliable X receiver for them um Again, I don't know, man. Like, I don't see enough from Dobbs to say, oh my God, he's the second coming. Yeah, like he's gonna agree. fill that like Devontae role. I just think he looks like a very like solid player. You yep, know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. Um, he's like to me, he looks like ah gosh, I don't know. I don't even know if this is fair, but like I, I get like T. Higgins vibes with him, oh, that's, you know.
1: You are so disrespectful to T. Higgins, but why? Uh, is that, that, come I on, mean, I mean I just S- said T. Higgins is a very good player. Is that disrespectful? Yeah, because I think T. Higgins is way better than just like a, a good player or whatever. But oh, I, okay. I, somebody somebody asked me in the Discord for a player comparison, and like, okay, I, I what about like Robert Woods? I mean, he's bigger um, than Ro- he's bigger than Robert yeah. Woods, but Robert, um, and, and and our friend Bobby
0: Trees, man, like he's a little bit more inside outside too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, has yeah. played almost exclusively outside. Like, he's yes, like eighty five, as you mentioned, like 85 percent. Um, outside. So I don't know. Um, I feel like Bobby trees has got that versatility inside out. You know what? That, that, that's what I was saying about Alan Lazard though, is that what is nice about that is if Dobbs can give you that, you know, good, solid X receiver role or outside role, it allows Alan Lazard, who is a 50, 50 player yeah. outside inside yeah. to kind of operate in that area and I think that is where he's most comfortable that's also where I think Aaron Rodgers is a little bit more comfortable having Lazard as that movable chess piece
1: yes I I agree with you um on that one that makes a lot of sense uh from just like where you want Alan Lazard to be playing um how about this from a player compared well number one I whenever um whenever there's like a you know solid outside receiver that's, you know, going to be fine, but not special. I almost always compare them to Marvin Jones. Um, so oh, there you go, but yeah, I always do that. But, um, probably doesn't fit as much here in this case. You know, what about like from just a Packers standpoint, what if he's like their next James Jones, you know, um, James Jones, six foot one, 208 pounds, Romeo Dobbs is like six That 200 yeah. plus. Um, that makes a lot you know, of sense. I don't, I I, I don't have any, um, reception perception data on uh james jones because you don't I have any, don't any <laughs>
0: rp data on the hoodie come on bro
1: <laughs> i could i guess i well i started uh, rp in 2014 so yeah. he was with the raiders and then the giants and and the packers both in 15 and then 16 he was with the chargers can um, i share one I just, side story on james jones dude
0: okay yeah. so um so i see him uh, this is when i was working at nfl network i see him in the locker room um, and, uh, and I'm like, James, man, like, you know what? I was like, bro, you got to bring, you got to bring it. You're so famous for the hoodie, bro. You got to bring like a hoodie suit. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Two weeks later, I swear to God, two weeks later, the dude is on air with a hoodie on his suit. I'm like, yes, thank you, my guy. And like, I'm sure he
1: doesn't even remember that convo, but I'm just saying that convo happened. That was gonna convo say. did happen. You mean he didn't go on the network and say like my, my colleague, <laughs> my, yeah. my, my locker room partner, my locker mate,
0: James Co." This is, this goes back to us saying we're quote unquote colleagues with Rich Eisen at one point. <laughs> a
1: couple of knuckleheads. Uh, um, yep, exactly. Pod, pod- oh podcasting out of a closet or wherever Jesus. we were shunned oh to several God.
0: times. Yeah. We were in a straight up like, like random backup conference room. Oh my Lord. Anyways, what whatever
1: a, the good old days, James. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Romeo Dobbs, I think could yeah, be Romeo like a, a James Jones type of player for this team. You know, oh, James Jones is just a guy that Aaron Rodgers really, really trusted. Um, you know, it was a guy that he just just liked him, right? He brought him back yeah. to the team after he got cut by all these other stupid teams and stuff like that. So And was still um, productive. And was really still productive. So I feel like Dobbs Crazy. is a guy that – like he shouldn't be on any waiver wires anymore. Like he should be 100% no. rostered. And he, yeah. should, he might be like a guy that – like I said, I think there's a pretty good chance he's the best – I definitely think he's the best separator on the team right now. And I also think there's a chance that he could be the best fantasy receiver on this team. It's just a matter of, like, I think Alan Lazard is probably going to fall ass backwards into, like, eight or nine touchdowns, and, you know, we'll see if Romeo Dobbs can do the same. I will say, too, about Dobbs, it might just be because of the, this offense and the way they call plays, but he's in space a lot. Like, he's in like out in the open field a lot because he gets open, and then he's, he's able to run after the catch a lot. So there should be a lot of run-after-catch opportunities for Romeo Dobbs, even if he's just a pure outside guy.
0: Yeah. It was interesting. Um, like I said, I thought Rogers looked amazing. That first drive cooled off the rest of the game. Um, but yeah, uh, Dobbs, what was it? Uh, 35 yards on that opening drive on the wow. opening drive alone and then 38, the rest of the game. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's, but I those say are the this.
1: scripted plays, right? Like that's when, mm-hmm. when offensive play callers come in with a, with the script of plays. And that means that again, injuries aside, um, injuries aside, like, That they had scripted those plays and and like I'm watching that like Romeo Dobbs is the first read on those plays and you know they have a lot of injuries right like they're without Sammy Watkins by the way like Sammy Watkins did not look good in the first few games he looks like he's what was he looks so hefty what is going on dude I was I didn't want to say I almost just stopped myself from saying it but I was like Sammy looks like like thick on the, like his thighs look bulging. <laughs> like, know. is he trying to get, you know, bulked up know. to be like Debo or, or no, I so, but Sammy. I mean, he... I, no, I don't think so. I mean, I mean I... like, I'm like Sammy, your whole
0: game is speed dog. Like, what are you doing? Like, you can't be bulked. I it's, The thing is, it's not even wintertime in green Bay yet. You know, <laughs> like you yeah, want to pack was... on some LBs for the, for the cold. Ah, right, cool. You know, but like, seriously, come on, man.
1: Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out here to like body shame, professional athletes and and usually like weight stuff I'm I'm not going to be a part of like I was not on the fat Lenny uh bandwagon in this uh-huh. this offseason like I was just struck by I was like that doesn't look like Sammy Watkins like I don't know so anyways yeah he's he's out of the mix I don't yeah. think he'll come back to a role even when he comes off IR you know and and I think like Romeo Dobbs is here to stay I mean you just look at Romeo Dobbs you talk about reliability
0: I mean the guy's got an 87.5% catch rate right now he's caught Fourteen of sixteen passes thrown his way. He's, yeah. he's catching yeah. everything. He's catching everything. So it's certainly intriguing there uh, for Dobbs, and of course he's still playing with Aaron Rodgers. That all works out. That all that checks all the boxes. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? that's what you so, want. Right. Let it go, man. Let it go, Romeo Dobbs. Um, I agree with you. I think he might be the most productive uh, Packers receiver in twenty twenty two.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. The show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon.
0: Okay, a young player in for the Chargers is Josh Palmer. Last year, we saw him be pretty, I would say pretty productive uh, when injuries befell the Chargers. Shock, they they deal with uh, injuries yet again. Um, again. I know, it's crazy. Um, and right now, you know, his stat line looks okay, Matt, but uh, 13 of 21 in terms of catches and targets. 134 yards and one touchdown uh, again in in largely a reserve role uh, but
1: what does the RP data say yeah <laughs> I said this in our discord earlier and this is why you got to be in discord you know James and, and only people who've never spent a lot of time with me in real life say that I'm too nice you know I'm too positive because uh-huh. um, I'm intentionally pretty like I try to find the silver linings when it comes to receive. You say this on, I mean, we talk about this on the podcast. Like I always try to find like the silver linings with players. You try to be super nice uh, because there's just no point in being negative on Twitter because there's enough negativity anyways. Um, Yes. And I always, I love when people uh, criticize me about that because I'm like, well, like there, you know, it seems like you like everybody. I want to know who you don't like. I'm like, maybe you should, subscribe to the freaking website then you'll figure it out um, <laughs> that would help or the podcast yeah. subscribe to the podcast like you, figure you it out when I tell you when I tell you that I think Josh Palmer might be my least favorite receiver in the NFL what? Like, wow <laughs> what what oh my god I'm like I'm in shock right now what and, it, <laughs> and it's it's not because holy hell well okay, I, I, hit, think it, hit me. I think it I think it's because it it the Chargers offense pisses me off so much, but um, Josh Palmer right now, you know, and his, his rookie year reception perception profile was not very promising. We're talking about like, you know, sub 10%, 10th percentile success rate versus man and press. Um, But so far through the first three weeks, Palmer's success rates of 42.1% against man coverage, 60.9% against zone coverage and 40% success rate versus press. All would have ranked second to last in their respective categories. in twenty twenty one. Also his net, his next broken tackle, James, will be his first. Um, wow! I think, <laughs> jeez. And again, okay. it's it's not, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's it's against not so much against Josh Palmer as a player. It's that the char- it I think his his skill set exacerbates the problems for the Chargers' offense. You know, Justin Herbert right now ranks like. It, just in terms of like guys that have started the entire year, he he's been like the fifth, like fifth slowest um, average time to throw. So he's holding on to the ball for a long time against an offensive line that's now got a lot of injuries, and he's twenty sixth in air yards per pass attempt, twenty six point six air yards per pass attempt, because nobody on this offense gets open when Keenan Allen's mm. not out there. You know, Mike Williams is a really really good receiver, but we know Mike Williams is like a league average separator and a great yeah. contested catch receiver. And Josh Palmer isn't even a league average separator. And he's not and like, doesn't win with, and there's no speed on this team. It, the Chargers are the most frustrating offense to watch. Cause they have an alien at quarterback. Like they have Justin Herbert. And then he uncorks these deep bombs to like goofball speed receivers, like Jalen Guyton and Deion. He's on Carter. IR now. I mean, now an IR. Yeah. Like they're speed guys. Golly. My theory on Josh Palmer is that okay. they drafted him to be Mike Williams' replacement, but then Mike Williams ended up coming back. And now it's like, but they still roll this guy out there as the wide receiver three. So they have no speed on the field. And and it just is it's so frustrating to watch. Like Herbert's gotta be out there just throwing, you know, by the way, Herbert with his screwed up ribs now, it's Ooh. gotta be out there throwing like stick routes to guys you don't get open and, and don't make yards after the catch. It's tough to watch.
0: Uh, I just feel like this, I I agree with you 100% in that this team desperately needs speed, and they are going to miss Jalen Guyton a lot. He is that one guy, and I get it. uh, Forget about fantasy for a second, okay? But this is the guy that can literally take the top off of a defense. And a lot of times, because of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen uh, and, and Austin Eckler, you're not accounting for him you know? No, yeah. So, and, and again, you talk about an alien under center. It's like, yeah, man, like you don't think, uh, Herbert sees that he a hundred percent sees that, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what they're going to do from a real life perspective. They are going to really miss Jalen Guyton. And it's not just because of the production. It's because of his role in the office. He lets these guys, um, you know, again, if you are not going to roll down that, if you're not going to, you know, roll down a safety because there's no, there's no team speed at all. You, you compress the field quite a bit, makes Justin Herbert's life pretty difficult.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even if he's not getting targeted on the play, like just running the nine in the post, you know, and, and clearing out that safety can open up something in zone coverage for a exactly. Mike Williams, who's not a natural separate or, you know, get Keenan Allen open on those dig routes. You know, Mike, again, I think Josh Palmer's just like, if you could trade him in fantasy, like you should, because it's like, he's not going to have any value uh, when Keenan Allen gets back in there. So I kind of think like if Keenan Allen, you know, he's probably going to play this week, but like, I think he's a guy that he's going to go crazy when, um when he gets back out there, you know, it's not going to be a ton of juice because this team's not going to throw the ball they already don't want to throw the ball down the field for whatever reason like joe lombardi doesn't call a lot of downfield passes especially on early downs mm-hmm. so i think like keenan allen's just going to catch a ton of passes going to be open all the time he's the only guy on the team that actually gets open on a routine basis um and i know every everybody's like trying to get you know, there, every fantasy analyst is like, "Can I get a Will Fuller update?" It's like, no, you can't. I mean, Will Fuller is not—he's not probably not going to play football ever again. But um, the Chargers <laughs> should—you de- know—the Chargers definitely should should call. Who's that? They should call Odell Beckham and, and be like, oh. "Hey, buddy, like, whenever you're ready, just come play for us because they <laughs> need, like, they need a receiver three. So, and you know, they want to be involved in the playoffs, right? Like, they want to still be yeah. competing in November, December when Odell would theoretically be ready." Um, I know he's like, you know, trying to get himself picked up by the Rams again or get him picked up him, gets himself he probably is gonna play for the Rams, has, but wouldn't it be funny bro, if he just went to
0: the Chargers? Yeah, the same locker room. Yeah. Has anyone done a better job of marketing themselves while they are injured than Odell Beckham? He's everywhere, dude. He's on like he's know, when yeah, when the so and, and, and he's always around contenders too. Like that's what's so yeah. fun. Oh, right? of course.
1: Like, yeah, well, he's not gonna come in and be like Hey, um, <laughs> Texans, what's going on? Yo, oh, he's God like, break. he's like dapping up the bills. You know, it's like, he's dapping up
0: the Bucks. He's dapping up the Rams. Of course. It's like anyone who's a contender, he's there, you know, like, right. I'm just well, like,
1: man, I mean, shoot, the bills don't need him. The Rams actually, the Rams might actually, they could, they might, they might need him. Um, oh, they desperately need him. They they need like a they need somebody that's not Ben Skoranek, you know and they need somebody who's not Tutu too, too Atwell blowing away like Robinson <laughs> might you know, you know we'll see um and, 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 and um but the Chargers like need need him like I yeah. think I think that's the thing that makes me just think about it like who knows if it happens probably won't happen but um they need like a guy that's got some juice and Beckham certainly had a lot of juice last year right and he did he um, did just he's a guy who makes. A, a, Every quarterback that's not Baker Mayfield, he makes their life easier because Baker Mayfield can't just can't throw to good receivers. Apparently not. I, my God, my God. You know the <laughs> Panthers You know the Panthers. James rank first in pace of play, but thirty first in plays run. Like Whoa. they're 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 in a real hurry to get off How the field. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said it to me this morning. It's like the Chip Kelly Eagles. Uh, like, you remember when they used to have those stupid yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. clock graphics on Monday Night, Sunday Night Football. Whenever Chip, in his first year, was there. Um, 100%. Yeah, they're just, they're in a real hurry to go three and out, man. The Panthers are yeah. in a real hurry to go
0: three three now. It was like a, it was a okay. fast break offense, but except they couldn't break. Yeah, exactly. So, um, no, that's uh, that's interesting. Wow, I was not expecting the Josh Palmer heater. Oh my gosh, that like literally stunned me to my core. <laughs> I mean. Because here's the thing. He's somewhat productive. Um, and I yeah. think I think using the RP data, I think you can now attribute a lot of that to the quarterback. OK, that that jibes. OK, that makes sense. Um, but I, I think the reason I'm like stunned by it, though, is because there's a lot of football evaluators, man, that had some nice things to say about Josh Palmer. So I, I am a little bit um i'm a little bit stunned i'm not gonna lie to you that's interesting yeah he just
1: I- does he just doesn't get open i mean he's probably an all right contested catch receiver he just does he just does not get open and i okay. i think the pro i think it's a, the again the bigger problem is like if mike williams had gone elsewhere and they had josh palmer you know keenan allen and then like a speed receiver it okay. probably wouldn't be as the palmer thing probably wouldn't make me want to like rip my beard hair out but um <laughs> But because uh, I can't rip, the, I can't rip my real hair out. There's not enough left. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, uh, I probably should reevaluate everything I just said. But the point here is, um, <laughs> the point here is like if it was, yeah. but now that it's like Mike Williams, who's not really a separation-based receiver, Josh Palmer, yeah. who's not really an anything-based receiver, and then you know Gerald Everett is like their best yards after catch player right now. Like that's it's just a it's a bad bad collection of players together. Oh man, that is unfortunate. Um, according to your data from last year, Josh Palmer on the nine
0: route, uh, ranked fifty second. I think out of fifty six uh, players, so that is not good. At thirty six no point four, yeah, no speed. Um, yeah, and I'm not. I'm obviously seeing a lot of red on his on his route chart as well, which is not ideal. That is not ideal. Um, all right. Speaking of a player that is struggling right now, how about Darnell Mooney, man? Like, what is going on? <laughs> there in Chicago. Is there any hope for a rebound? Darnell Mooney, my dude has seen 11 targets total. This was a shocking stat for me, is that he had a grand total of four yards total after two weeks. Four yards total. He had negative four yards in week number two. That is disgusting. This guy is supposed to be a number one wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. I get that they don't got a great offense. Offensive line is a problem. Justin Fields still developing, and Darnell Mooney to me does not really profile as a true number one. Doesn't matter. Um, at the end of the day, he is the number one receiver on that Chicago Bears team. He's seen eleven total targets. What in good
1: like what is happening there, uh, in Chicago, dude? Let me read you the, the bottom five quarterbacks who have dropped back at least 10 plus times in overall dropbacks this year. Dak Prescott, 31, Trey Lance, 37, Jimmy Garoppolo, 55, Justin Fields, 66, Cooper Rush, 78. Can you tell me which one of those things is not like the other, James?
0: <laughs> well, uh, one of- <laughs> well, one of these per- players is not a backup and or injured.
1: One of those three guys has started all three games. Correct. <laughs> That's Justin Fields, 60, 66 dropbacks. That's insane. That's crazy in the modern NFL. That's I know. absurd. Um, Our friend Graham Barfield from Fantasy Points had this stat I saw this week. Justin Fields has 23 completions, and he's st- taken 11 sacks through three games. By the way, tw- oh my God. 20, 23 completions is Jeez. bonkers. Um, and 11 sacks the last time that a quarterback started his first three games with fewer than wow. 25 completions and had taken 10 or more sacks was david carr in 2005 and tim couch in 1999 that was the last guy <laughs> to do it before Derek carr <laughs> okay. so that's bad company um i mean this off this passing offense is just a joke uh, it's and i think it's, it's dead it's it's dead um so let me just let's also just be, let's be super clear before like being critical of darnell mooney is that like this is this it's like not even a real NFL passing offense. And I know they had one game in a monsoon, um you know with with Trey Lance mm-hmm. and the 49ers there, but still even in their two games after that, like they don't let him drop back to pass at all. Um and you know, I think that that Texans game might have been his might have been Justin Fields' worst game as a pro. Um and, which is saying something cuz he had, he was terrible last year. And I think that's like gotten lost in the discourse of Justice, Justin Fields is that last year he didn't really have that many never really had that many good games, even nope. even with some of the questions around him from the coaching staff perspective. Um, you know, I, I, my Andy Barons, he you know, obviously works with me at Yahoo. He said, like, that was the one game that I watched of Justin Fields, the Texans game, where mm-hmm. I couldn't come away with, like, one throw to hang my hat on, like, one moment to be like, that's, hey, that was a great moment that I... Could. So, I just don't think Justin Fields is very good, like, period, right now. And I mean, the environment does absolutely suck. Like, 66 dropbacks is just crazy, but... I mean, if Fields is not showing a lot, man. I mean, he's like even when you just isolate, like when you just look at him, you know, from just an individual standpoint, not even within the context of his offense, he's 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 not showing a lot of promise. I mean, I'm I'm looking at it right now, um, from like a completion percentage over expectation, he's he's second to last in the league at minus uh 16.1 percent completion over expectation. Um, Trey huh. Lance is the only one who's lower, and obviously Trey Lance barely played this year, so. Not good is Justin Fields not good. And the the, the one point about, I want to make about Darnell Mooney too, you mentioned I don't think he's like a true number one receiver. And this is what – when you – when your first argument for a player who's not a legit alpha receiver is, well, who else are they going to throw the ball to, right? And I think that was yeah. a lot of the Darnell Mooney thing. Somebody yep. – there can always be somebody else. Like there can always be some goofball like Equanimous St. Brown who comes up and like <laughs> – gets enough gets like the same amount of targets, right? Because you just look at the yeah. Bears offense right now. Like the the volume metrics and the air yard metrics are not like well the air yard metrics are are, are pretty far. But like 25% of the team targets have gone to Darnell Mooney. 20.5% have gone to Equinymia St. Brown. So that's the thing. And again, it's like twenty-five percent of the Bears targets, that's 11 targets for Darnell Mooney this year. That's just it's not even real NFL offense. So it's it's hard yeah. to be super critical of Darnell Mooney, but I, I do think he is an example of a guy that when your first thing is who else they're gonna throw the ball to, like somebody yeah. else there can always be somebody else.
0: Well, I think we saw that with the Jags last year too, right? You're like, okay, well, somebody's gotta catch the football. And then that's not always the
1: that's not always true. Right, right. <laughs> it's not it's like oh, who it's else true. is gonna they got LaVisca Chenault, who else is gonna catch passes? It's like, well, uh, yeah, well <laughs> Marvin jo- Laquan work. Treadwell ended up catching a I bunch know. of passes. That's what, like I if know. you're if you're not if if your first if the first feather in your cap is not this guy is a number one receiver who's going to walk off the bus and get open on 75% of his routes and be like a stud. But it's, and instead it's, who else is going to throw the ball to? Somebody else can always, always pop up there. I mean, right. you know, that's just, that's just the way it goes, man.
0: You know, it's a, uh, it's crazy. You know, you talk about the, uh, the, the low volume metrics there. It's just, it's just mind boggling. You know, Darnell Mooney has run 53 routes total. Equinemius St. Brown has run 49 routes total. Dante Pettis is third on the team with 38. Uh, third on the team in terms of wide receivers, okay? Uh, Brian Pringle is, is fourth among wide receivers. He's run eight routes total. He's on IR now. <laughs> and, I, and, and I mean, you're just like, what? They're not... I just feel like they're not giving the guy... They're not giving their offense a chance. Um, to put that in perspective in terms of routes run, Stefan Diggs has more routes run than Darnell Mooney and Equinemius St. Brown combined. That... <laughs> Can't happen. I, I mean that just can't happen. I, I don't I really don't understand what's going on uh, with Matt Eberflus um and Luke Getze. Like what I don't I mean look and we did this last and we did this in the last episode. We're
1: we're we're shitting on a bunch of these teams that are winning games. And like I yeah, know I the it. Bears are two and one. Yeah, I know but but come on like there's a difference between like Okay, the Vikings need to get the ball to Justin Jefferson. Well, no, they don't because they won that game. Like, but then there's what the what the Bears are doing. Okay, and like, um, yeah, that's different. It's different. It's different. And you know it's going to catch up. Like, this
0: can't. I'm sorry, but in today's NFL, you can't win games like this. It's it's like yeah, you're two and one. Okay, fine. But you played the Texans and you played the Niners in in with Noah's Ark running around at midfield. You know, like. <laughs> Come on, it's like you you can't win in today's NFL this way. It's just not possible. We know the other shoe is gonna we know the other shoe was gonna drop. Like it's so obvious, you know? Um, I mean, you have to be a real hard, you have to be Adam Rank to say, listen, the Bears can keep doing it. It's like, no, they can't. It's impossible. You never it's want literally to literally impossible. Adam Rank. <laughs> and I love listen, listen, I love Adam Rank. I don't want anyone <laughs> yeah. to go at tweet yeah. Adam Rank uh, yeah. like that's my dog. Like like Adam rank is my boy. Like I love him to death. Um, but that being said, come on, he's a huge, you know, he sees tomar. life. He's,
1: cool. He sees life through his, uh, blue and orange colored glasses, <laughs> which you is know, cool. Anyway. I love him for it. I love him for it, but come on, let's be real. Okay. So, but
0: let, let me hyper focus in on Darnell Mooney though. Okay. 50, <sighs> 50, he plays wide slot, right? So they split him up to me. I think that's a little bit strange to me, Matt, and talk me through this because that's what they did last year with Darnell Mooney, very similar usage. I don't know. Like I thought Getze was going to come in. I thought Matt Eberflus was going to come in. I thought we were going to see some, some juice in this offense. And for whatever reason, they're doing a lot of the same damn things they did last year. Like for example, you look at Khalil Herbert and you're, and it's like, yo, when he was in relief for David Montgomery last or last year, he looked awesome. He looked way better than David Montgomery. Okay, so I'm thinking, all right, well, David Montgomery, who cares? Like, they're, they're probably going to kick him to the... No, like, they're still using David Montgomery, and they're giving him a huge snap count share. They're not, they're not sharing the ball 50-50. Um, and so Khalil Herbert comes in and just racks up huge yardage. Yeah. Guess what? When David Montgomery comes back, I promise you, this coaching staff is still going to go with David Montgomery for no damn reason whatsoever. I can't wrap my mind around what is going on there offensively, but from an individual standpoint...
1: What do you see with Darnell Mooney? Well, I I do kind of disagree. I feel like Khalil Herbert could actually become the Bears' leading rusher. Um, so just because like this coaching staff actually in front office has no real attachment to David Montgomery and it's his walk year. I know. Um, I, I think there's a chance. The problem is Montgomery's just better in the past game in the past, but they don't pass ball. I don't know. So um, Darno Mooney ranks a cool 100th in terms of wide receivers and tight ends in routes run this year. He's run the same amount of routes <laughs> as J- J- Jameson Crowder. Who's like the wide receiver four for the Buffalo bills. I mean, it's just that's what I'm saying. James, it's like I, who gives a shit about where he lines up and where he's like any of this other stuff. Cause mm-hmm. he's just not even playing in a real NFL offense. Like, okay. I, I don't know I just I think he's a guy that's not not gonna matter this year um like you can dr- just drop him in fantasy like because <laughs> it, what's the point like honestly what what's the upside here they clearly you know cl- they clearly don't want Justin fields to throw the ball ever and justin fields ain't doing a lot of uh ain't doing a lot of convincing uh <laughs> to, no to change your mind. I know it's, it's just
0: so weird. It's like a brand new season, brand new coaching staff. And for whatever reason, this offense still looks the same. Like, what? I, I don't, I don't understand it. I'm like I don't know. struggling yeah. to understand why this offense looks the same as last. But you year know, well, you know why?
1: There. Cause they have the why? same quarterback, Yeah, I guess. I, I guess, mean, it's I just like right. the, yeah, I, I think that's the answer. It does like it is a little strange that and its preseason, right? This is why you can't get too crazy about preseason. But like they looked really good in that preseason game against the Browns when they were like moving fields out of the pocket, getting them mm-hmm. like shooting down the field on play action stuff like that. And um, it's just been so so conservative. Um, I, I just like sixty six dropbacks in three games is is is, bon- is bonkers. It's yeah, that's insane. bananas. Yeah, that's bananas. Okay,
0: <clears throat> I I just wonder is this guy gonna even is Darnell Mooney gonna even cross the threshold enough for you to even track his games <laughs> going
1: into RP for twenty twenty three. That's a great. That's a great. That is a great question. Um, I mean, pro- I, probably I, I would almost rather
0: see Zay Jones, uh, uh, Zay Jones RP fi- profile at this point than Darnell freaking
1: Mooney, man. Like that's crazy to me. I know. Remember when you said you remember when you said that up in my uh, in our in um. At your Dude, wedding, at my wedding. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, calm down. I'm not, I'm not that crazy. I'm not charting Zay Jones. Now Zay Jones is like, that's what I'm saying. You, you might,
0: you might be charting Zay Jones. That's what I'm saying.
1: I really, I don't, really, I really don't want to do that. I really okay. don't want to do that. But uh, yeah, but you're. I don't really want to. I'll t- tell you what. I don't really want to watch his Bears offense either. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you are a sicko, though. So you probably, you'll probably end up profiling both because you're an absolute like. <laughs> Madman, i you know it's crazy james i've been doing all this in-season work i think yeah. i'm actually like my i think my off season is gonna be pretty light now like i'll have yeah. i'll have room for all these goofball receivers because oh like my i'll God. i'll be i'll be done with like all, <laughs> all the like a full sample by the time we get to week 18 like i mean you know i got three games of drake london three games of olave three games of wilson three of robin Allen robinson michael yeah. thomas like that's almost halfway done yeah, I mean, I'm really I mean, we're almost halfway done. So, oh, uh, yeah, might, I mean, shoot, I, maybe I'll even now. Now I won't even be able to have the excuse for I don't have enough time to chart tight ends. I'll just be like, I'm not doing that. So, <laughs> I just don't want to. Now I Good just don't want you. to. <laughs> Good for you.
0: Good for you, Matt Harmon. All right. Hey, listen, our time runs short. Uh, we will catch up with you guys in, in a few days. I hope everyone has a great week four. week. Three was crazy so you know what that means in week four everything's going to come back to normal all the stars are going to play like stars because that's how the nfl works you can't expect uh the unexpected every single week so i think the the nfl gets back to normal i'm using air quotes here normal for the nfl here in week number four all right but we got to go man for matt harman i am james go we'll see you